0: Did you know you can get 5x points to anything with the Flues app? Here's how. Link up your PayPal account to the Flues app and link your Chase Freedom Flex card to your PayPal account, which earns 5 points per dollar on PayPal purchases this quarter. Buy a gift card to Bowery Labs through the Flues app. This will generate a fee-free Visa or MasterCard gift card that you can use virtually anywhere. Download the Flues app using the link in the show notes. Thank you to Flues for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking.
1: Americans are used to being able to enter just about any destination without having to, like, show anything other than their, like, passport, right? And now you have to, like, get a COVID test, So now you have to show proof of vaccination. Um, There are a lot of moving parts to travel right now, which means that, okay, yeah, you booked a flight to a place in June. The entry requirements for that destination could have changed, uh, which means that depending on, you know, your travel status, you may have to postpone that trip. You may have to cancel that trip if the destination closes their borders. Um, I always tell people travelers really don't like, yeah, like obviously watch the news, you know, monitor, you know, the U.S. embassy at your destination, especially, you know, traveling internationally, monitor that. But what you really should be doing is reading the local news at that destination. Because even before the embassy knows it, even before the Associated Press knows it, even before all these travel journalists know it, even before I know it, local news stations at that destination know what's going on in the ground, on the ground.
0: Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Victoria and Walker from Vicky, Not Vicky. Check the show notes for the spelling. Victoria is a senior travel reporter at The Points Guy, covering deep dives and features, currently focusing on giving you the latest and greatest information on coronavirus and travel. In this episode, Victoria and I discuss what to expect in the post-pandemic travel world, how to approach travel visas, and how to mitigate risks of your travel getting completely upended by the pandemic. Traveling is definitely more challenging than it used to be, and we have all heard various horror stories about having to reschedule or losing money on a trip because your plans just didn't work out. But not all hope is lost. Come join us for this month's masterclass and group coaching session all about travel horror stories and the different resources and tools that you can use to get an actual human on the phone, get your money back, handle a medical crisis, and more. And now, on with the show. Cool. Hey, Victoria, welcome to the Geo Travel Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it.
0: Of course, we are so excited to have you here today and to learn all of the different things uh, about points and miles that you're gonna share with us. But before we get into all of that, can you share a little bit about your background and how you got into the game of points and miles?
1: Man, so I I got into points and miles around 2016 or 2017. I was living in DC at the time and I was in a travel group for uh, predominantly travelers of color on Facebook. And a really good friend of mine, Brian Oliver, who's based in Baltimore, he had posted a photo of him in Etihad's like, apartment. And I was just like, I'm, you know, just scrolling Facebook and I'm just like, you know, looking at this. And I'm like, the world, how'd you do that?
0: And
1: I posted under his photo. I was like, well, how did you do that? Like it had to, that had to have been like a ten thousand dollar flight. And I think at the time he was like a teacher or something. And I'm like, OK, you know are you wealthy? Are you rich? You know, what's going on? Like, how are you able to do that? And he said, you know, I was able to do it by opening um, some credit cards. And in particular, I think he had opened the American Airlines Aviator Red card. And so actually that was the like first card that I got. I think I opened it like Right after he posted, I don't even think I did like any research, but that was really what kind of got me into points and miles. And I was doing some travel for work at the time; I was working at the Washington Post, so I was doing some travel, but not nearly enough to like amass a you know ton of like points and miles and whatnot. But you know, I realized after I'd opened the Aviator Red Card, I had maybe thirty thousand American Airlines miles. One of the first cards I opened when I graduated was the Amex green card. And actually, I don't even have a really good reason for opening it. I just wanted something. I just wanted an Amex card because I thought it would look cool when I was going out for like brush and stuff. I didn't know anybody else with the Amex card. And so when I got that card, I think, I don't even think I hit like the welcome bonus. I don't I don't even think I knew anything about welcome bonuses. The points that, I, <laughs> points that I did earn, I was pretty much wiping my statement charges. I didn't know anything about like Points or anything like that until um, around 2017 when I saw that post on Facebook. And so after I saw that post, after I opened the Aviator Red card, I really sat down, looked at my finances, and also looked at the cards that I did have to see, like, okay, I want to travel a certain way. Here's how I can do it. And so that's the next maybe year and a half or so. I opened the MX Business Platinum. Opened an Amex Platinum. I opened an Amex Gold. (laughs) Opened Chase Sapphire Preferred. Not all in that order. After the business Platinum, I opened the CSP. And then really just started to like, you know, amass my like travel bank in terms of like, you know, how I wanted to travel. I'm not somebody who has to fly, you know, premium cabin everywhere I go. I'm actually somebody who I would rather Pretty much like bank all of the bank the majority of my points and miles, especially for flights, for like one big redemption. And then otherwise, just fly economy. Like, I know some people are like, oh, you know, business class or bust or, you know, first class is it for me? I it's not that big of a deal for me. The bigger thing for me is the hotel because ultimately the flight is just getting me to the destination. So Yeah, that's really how I got into points and miles. And then, yeah, I was traveling some at the time after I left the post, I taught Journalism at a at a university for a year, a little over a year, and so I didn't really have that much time to travel, just with the kind of schedule of teaching. But I was doing like you know some weekend trips, and went to Cuba, went not for the weekend, but went to Cuba, went to Paris a couple of times, was using points to stay there, and yeah, that's really how it got started, and you know it's been couple of years now and I'm, you know, kinda all in <laughs> now. But again, my I would say my my priorities have changed. Like I said, like for me it's really the hotel. Like I the the airline status, okay, cool. I get to board a little earlier, you know, get a drink before I leave. You know, that's that's cool. That's nice. You know, live flat seats are nice, but for me it's the hotel. Like the hotel for me is I would, I would literally, you could take me, you know, to the side of the plane if it means I get to stay in like a nice hotel.
0: Are you team Hyatt, team Marriott? What hotel Um, name do you tend to like? For me, it's typically
1: Hyatt really, because even the lower category hotels tend to be really nice. So I have Hilton Gold, Marriott Gold, and I'm a Hyatt globalist. So for the most part, primarily stay at uh, Hyatt hotels when I travel. I'm at about 45 nights. So I'm gunning for 60 so I can get the category one through seven certificate. Don't know where I'm going to use it. Just used uh, two of my category one through four certificates. So primarily Hyatt, but I did have a really nice day at a Marriott in Phuket uh, about a month ago, stayed at the Renaissance. I had an amazing experience, got upgraded, which has never happened to me at any Marriott. I've stayed in around the world. It was the first time I'd ever been upgraded at a Marriott hotel. So it was just kind of indicative of how much like travel still hasn't come back, that like, out of everyone who's there, my upgrade clears as a goal. So it was it was something I was not expecting. Got upgraded from like a regular room to like a villa with like my own private plunge pool and outdoor shower. I mean, it was like, it was an amazing experience. But again, that's like, just, just reminded me that like travel is not bad. (laughs) That like, you know, I got upgraded as a goal. Like I was not like, believe me when I say I was not expecting to be upgraded.
0: Because they don't know that you're a writer for the points guy.
1: No. So yeah, no, I, they had no clue. It's just my upgrade cleared and the hotel was practically empty. So, I mean, that's, that's part of it. It's not like I was going to like a full hotel full of like, you know, titaniums or ambassadors. Like the hotel was maybe 15% full. So like, I guess my upgrade cleared, like I, but I was not expecting that at all. Like I, I had booked like, Hotel maybe costs like one twenty a night. I book like a double room, which I was like, okay, you know that's 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 cool. You know, I had had a nice little balcony, cool. I was not I was not tripping at all. Like I don't expect to get upgraded at, if I stay at a Marriott or if I stay at a Hilton. I'd like never expect it. So I was like, okay, you know, no no biggie. But um, on the flight to Phuket between Abu Dhabi and Phuket, I got like a notification that my upgrade had cleared so I don't have no clue how that happened but okay and it, it was a great experience like i but it was one of definitely one of those experiences that i was like wow like this does remind me of why i do enjoy traveling so much
0: given the pandemic what is the process for somebody who wants to travel to thailand these days
1: i get this i get i get an email about this maybe about every day it's not easy phuket well, Right now, Thailand is really open to Phuket, and more recently, they just loosened some of the requirements so you can go to other places like Krabi. But basically, if you are fully vaccinated and you've taken a negative COVID test, you can enter Phuket if you apply for what's known as the Certificate of Entry. So it it was not... (laughs) <laughs> it was it was not easy i got my application sent back at least four times before um the thai consulate in new york finally decided to approve my application so you need to have a proof of a return journey home or wherever you're going after phuket you need to have your hotel booked you need to have you know all of the like entry requirements and then once you get to phuket um you to covid that's like literally right as you land and you have to go directly to the hotel. You have to sit there not sit, but like you have to stay in your room until your results come back. The airport will call the hotel with your results and then the hotel will call you. And if you're negative, you're free to like move about Phuket. But it, it, it was a pretty stressful couple of days trying to get the certificate of entry even up until maybe 36 hours before my flight left. I did not have the certificate of entry and you cannot go to Thailand without it. Like Even in New York, they were confirming that I had, like, the certificate of entry. So, yeah, it's not easy. And I've written about this a couple of times. I don't think the intention was for it to be easy. I think the intention was purposely to be difficult to keep, you know... Residents safe. Only a handful um, of Thai citizens have been vaccinated. They've only had a couple of travelers in the Phuket sandbox, which is what the program is called, um, test positive for COVID. So they're taking, you know, the precautions very, very seriously, as they should. And so, but I've, I, a lot of people have asked me, like, you know, was it easy to visit Thailand? And the answer is absolutely not. So if you're looking for something, if you're looking for a travel destination that that is an easy way to get to. I would not recommend Thailand, but if you, you know, for me that, and it, I felt pretty safe with all of the precautions that, you know, and all the hoops that you did have to jump through to be able to go to Thailand. So I will go back just for that, but it was definitely a, <laughs> it's definitely a, it was definitely a, a, a wild couple of days trying to get my certificate of entry process. Like every time I would send it, every time I would submit it, I'd get a, you know, notification a couple of hours later. It's been rejected for, you know, any sort of reason. And then finally, I I finally got, you know, the final approval, which is really what I was waiting for.
0: How did you decide you wanted to go to Thailand? This is a work trip.
1: Yeah. So this was, we were covered. So like I said, I'm a senior travel reporter at the Point Sky. So I do a lot of reopenings, countries reopening. So we knew we wanted to be uh, among the first Americans to visit Phuket through the reopening. And so, yeah, I got a um, notification from my, well, a Slack message from my editor, like, hey, do you want to go to Thailand next week? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, why not? And yeah, we were, you know, uh, we really wanted to cover like the reopening, see what it was like on the ground, because it's one thing to cover something, but it's another thing entirely to be able to be there and to see, experience, it and see what things are like actually in the country that you're visiting. And I mean, it was while I enjoyed. Phuket, while it was was very relaxing, great food. It made me very sad because it is a destination that relies heavily on tourism. And so like nothing was open. And so, you know, all the shops are closed. The bars are closed. The things that, you know, like tourists typically, you know, go to, all of that was closed. And, you know, the vast majority of the island support is working in the tourism industry in some way, shape or form. And so, yeah, it, 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 it was, it, it was definitely jarring. You know, I'd been to Thailand before the pandemic twice. I hadn't been to Phuket, but I'd been to Thailand and it's such a, you know, very like a uh, hustle and bustle place One of the things I really like about it. And, you know, just driving from the airport to uh, the resort that I stayed in, which is about a 40 minute drive. It's just, you know, I landed maybe like three o'clock in the afternoon. on like, I think it's Saturday. And there's just like, nothing open, like nobody on the street. Like, it made me really sad because, you know, for, you know, it's one thing to think about travel in a very like, you know, Western perspective is this thing I get to do, but it's another thing entirely when this is how you support yourself. This is how you um, support your livelihood, support your family, support your community. And so just kind of being there was, it It was really heavy, especially like the first two days. And yeah, I mean, overall, like I said, overall, I liked it, but it did make me kind of sad just because like nothing was open and not even just because of me, because I wanted to do things, but like, again, you know, that's how people, you know, make a living.
0: For sure. What other countries have you covered other than Thailand with the reopenings and yep. how your experience compared?
1: Places I've personally visited Thailand for the reopening, Canada. I drove from uh, Buffalo to Niagara Falls a couple of weeks ago, actually earlier this month, to cover the reopening of the day, I think that, that Monday, uh, the day the border reopened. So I drove across the border. And so I just documented what it was like getting a COVID test to drive to Canada, you know, what it was like waiting in the line to drive across the border, showing my passport, my COVID test, my PCR test. And again, you know, again, just being one of the first people uh, to visit. I think what I was expecting, I had some other people ask me this, you know, were you expecting people to kind of like, Pour across the Canadian border, and I didn't really see that. Especially the first day, the numbers didn't really support that. It was on a Monday, so that's probably (laughs) it's probably half of it. But you know, the the wait time it was maybe about an hour. It was pretty. I wrote in the story it was pretty anticlimactic. Like it was, you know, show my COVID test, so show my passport, show my vaccine card. They asked why I was there. I said I was going to visit Niagara Falls, which was literally like right there, and they waved me on about my way. I parked to go write the story, checked out Niagara Falls for a couple, you know, about an hour and a half, got some Tim Hortons and drove right back to Buffalo. (laughs) Like that was, I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, just another day. I drove back to, drove back to towards uh, Buffalo. And like I said, I was in line uh, to come into Canada for about an hour. I just sail right through back to New York State, Showed my passport. They asked me why I was in Canada. I'm sure they probably didn't believe me. I was like, yeah, I was here for like two hours. I really just drove across the border to see Niagara Falls. They're like, where are you coming from? I'm like, New York City. And they're like, you just came up to see Niagara Falls. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, I'm a journalist. They waved me on along and that was it. But yeah, those are the two places that I've covered for work. I went to Turks and Caicos earlier this summer. That wasn't for work. That was for personal travel. And that was great. I love Turks and Caicos. Beautiful, beautiful island. And yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much been it.
0: Let's go back a little bit. How did you end up becoming a reporter at this at the point? So
1: I've I, I had the traditional journalism route that many people in journalism have. Went to J School, majored in journalism, graduated, went into journalism. Like, I, I it's, it, it, it doesn't get more, like, simple than that. I graduated, when I graduated, I went into um, video journalism editing, which it's not really my thing. Not even, that's kind of an understatement. I hated it. And, no, I mean, I actually, like, hated it. I thought I wanted to, I really thought I wanted to be in video. And this is the, the thing I tell um, people especially in their early 20s, half of your early 20s, especially when it comes to career, is not just figuring out what you want to do, but also figuring out what you don't want to do. And I was lying to myself and telling myself I wanted to be, you know, this video journalist and like, you know, just like capture things all around the world. I did not. (laughs) I just didn't. And so on the side I started a travel blog really just at the time I wasn't even doing like points and miles stuff. I was doing like travel deals because that's really how I like got into like travel, traveling cheaply. And so I was finding like all of these like cheap flights. I was flying from DC to like Vietnam for like 350, like Johannesburg for like 300. I was, you know, In and out of Europe for like two hundred dollars, but how it really started was the Abu Dhabi like mistake fair back in twenty fourteen, and I got a flight from DC to Abu Dhabi for I think two hundred and sixty dollars, and that's when I was really like, yo, this is something that I can actually do, and it's something that's like you know really possible, and so. Two friends of mine, one of my homegirls who now lives in New York, we skipped our midterms our senior year and went to Abu Dhabi for my birthday, which was live. But it was great because you know we're like three broke college students, just like I mean we were just like living it up, yucking it up in Dubai. Like we ain't had no money. <laughs> and we split like we, split, like, I mean we were we were so broke. Like we had like one hotel room. You know, like one of my my homeboy was like sleeping on the floor. Like, I mean, it was, it, it was very humbling, but I mean, we were just, we were just, you know, in and out of the Dubai mall thinking, not even thinking we could afford stuff, but just like, look at, like we were, I mean, we were legit, like, you know, broke travelers, but it was like one of the best trips I've ever had. Like, honestly, those were like some of the like fondest mo- memories I had, not just from college, but also from like traveling in my early days. And so when I graduated, you know, I was still doing like the cheap travel because one, I wasn't making that much money. And two, like, even if I did, nobody really wants to spend a ton of bread on travel. And so I started like giving it like travel advice, but like, not even like, I wouldn't even call it consulting. It was like, somebody would reach out to me and I'd be like, Hey, like they're reaching out to me like, Hey, I'm trying to go to Miami for like a hundred dollars. And I was just like, send them a link to like Google flights. And then around the same time, four different people who did not know each other all told me to start a travel blog. So I was like, okay, whatever, you know, like, and then I really started it because I was tired of people asking me if I had a blog. Honestly, that was it. Cause I was just giving away free game, like all on my Twitter account at the time. Like I, I would just like thread, like flights and like, you know, finding mistake fares and like finding, you know, cheap hotels and like take advantage of like, you know, the mystery booking hotels. And so again, I was tired of people asking me if I had a blog. So I started the blog.
0: Hey everybody, quick life update. I got a new job. I recently accepted a position as a senior actuarial consultant, and I am so excited to earn more points and miles the old fashioned way with business travel. Also though, this means I'm going to have to cut back on the number of one-on-one coaching calls that I have available each month. If you would like to grab one of the limited spots, check out the link in the show notes. Also, I give away one free one-on-one coaching call each week. The secret link to sign up is in my weekly newsletter, which goes out every Monday and it's first come first serve to grab the call. Also, also, I'm going to start reserving 30 minutes of each month's masterclass for group coaching. Even if you're a beginner and try to ask questions in front of everyone, all you need to do is type out your question and you will get a response from a room full of experts. You can find links to sign up for the newsletter, monthly masterclasses, and Patreon, which gets you access to the master classes and also recordings of all past events in the show notes. This week's Patreon shout-out goes out to Sarah. Thank you so much for being a part of the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon community.
1: And then, okay, when was this? this was, I started the blog in 2017. Around 2018, I left my job at the Washington Post, and I went to go teach at Howard. And I was still doing, like I said, I had less time to travel, but actually I put probably the most time into the blog like that I had ever had before. And so I was, you know, doing some, like, press interviews and, like, going to meetups and, like, meeting people. And that's, again, that's kind of around the time I got into Points and miles as well. And then, when was this? Early like early spring of 2019, I saw that CPG was hiring. And again, I did have the traditional journalism background and I had, you know, obviously sources from, I did some like travel and like transportation stuff when I was at the post. So I still had like those contacts. So I applied, sent a bunch of pitches, got hired in like June of 2019. And I've been there ever since.
0: Nice. So I'm sure that Really accelerated your points game. What is your favorite trip that you've ever gotten to take on points and miles? On points and miles
1: in particular? Oh, I got one. Like I said, I'm, I'm bigger on hotels than, way bigger on hotels than I am flights. When was this? 2019, like October, I went to Puerto Rico and stayed at the Hyatt there. And like, it's like Coco Beach. But it was like, at the time, it was a Category 3 Hyatt. So it was only like 12,000 points a night. And I think at the time I might have, I might not even had a highest status at that point, but I got upgraded. I mean, I was, I, I had, I had really booked that trip. I booked like three nights because I don't do long travel at all. I don't stay anywhere longer. I try not to stay longer, anywhere longer than like three days, but I booked that using, I had transferred my chase points from chase to Hyatt and booked that way. And, you know, it was a really, like, not very nice hotel, but very, like, simple trip. It wasn't something that was, like, you know, redemption out of this world. But in terms of, like, well-needed vacation, extremely relaxing with a, like, clawfoot tub that in a room that was, like, right on the beach. And, again, I, at the time, I... Really don't even think I had discoverer status with Hyatt, and I got upgraded because the hotel had like just opened and again like nobody was there. I mean, I was and and, and, again, I was just I was just living it up like on the beach for like three days, really just drinking pina coladas. I didn't do anything of substance. I think I went into Old San Juan for like six hours, and then the rest of the time I just spent that time on the beach, like just. Eating and drinking and reading. I was reading at the time Gucci Mane's autobiography at the time. I remember that because I had brought brought that book with me. And like I said, for me, like with travel, I'm fairly simple. Like I'm not somebody who has to like go completely, you know, like crazy with redemptions. Like again, for me, it's like spread it out so I can have more opportunities to do cool stuff. It's like especially with hotels, like flights like I said, I don't really care, but like, I like having like, you know, that option of like, okay, I have X amount of points. Like I'm, I'm traveling next week for a couple of days, um, going down to Florida. And again, like something that's like real, real chill, real casual, but instead of like, you know, kind of depleting my entire like points balance, balance for like one trip, rather just spread it out. So I have some other travel plan, would like to get out to the Seychelles at some point this year or early next year. Would like to get to Europe if they don't close Europe. And would definitely love to get back to Mexico City. Went to Mexico City. Actually, Actually, wait a minute. I take that back. Puerto Rico wasn't my favorite trip. Mexico City was. Mexico City was my favorite trip. Now that I think about it, Mexico it was the, I went right before the pandemic. I went right before the world shut down. I got back like a day before the world shut down. I booked that ticket. I used, now this wasn't a, the best redemption, but it actually did make some sense. I booked, it was like booked Delta from, yeah, now I remember, DC to Atlanta, I believe, and then Atlanta to Mexico City on in uh, first class. Believe it was on the seven thirty seven. I booked Aeromexico back using Delta miles in Aeromexico's uh, business class, which was great. And I think that only cost like fifty. If I'm remembering correctly, it was like fifty five thousand Sky Miles, which was again. Don't transfer Amex points to Delta, but. In that case, it actually like really worked well because I, I really enjoyed era Mexico. I really enjoyed the lounge in Mexico City. But aside from that, I also had a really great stay. Had a really great stay at the Higher Regency in Mexico City for, I believe that was 12,000. I think it was a Category 3 as well, like 12,000 points a night. And at that time, I was a discoverer. So I got, again, I don't know how, got upgraded, got a really nice room, like, like towards the top of the like hotel that was actually like such a great trip. Cause I actually used my Amex platinum concierge to book a reservation at Pujol, Mexico city, which is a Michelin star. I believe it's a Michelin star uh, restaurant, but it also has like a year long wait list. they got me a reservation like 12 out. And so like, actually like as much as I did like Puerto Rico, using points of to like with, regards to like points and miles and credit cards in particular, Mexico City actually does take the cake because it was just such a like phenomenal experience and actually something that really kind of got me through the pandemic. And I'm glad that that was like the last trip I took before like the world shut down because I actually booked that trip the day before I left. Like I was in DC and I was like, I don't really know what I'm gonna do. I had some PTO, i had taken PTO, but I was just like, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna go to Mexico City and like. I booked the flight like 6 a.m. like the, the, the morning before and then like flew to Mexico City. Like I had like no itinerary, nothing. It was I was really just going on vibes. But um but it was it, it was cool. It was easily one of my like favorite travel experiences and a place that I really want to go back to and move to one day.
0: So for anybody who's thinking of like the pandemic has been going on for years now and they're like I just I really want to go travel what would be your advice for those people
1: this is something that a lot of people don't consider traveling during the pandemic means a lot of moving parts meaning that it's not just because that's the thing with Americans Americans are used to being able to enter just about any destination without having to like show anything other than their like passport right and now you have to like get a COVID test. So now you have to show proof of vaccination. There are a lot of moving parts to travel right now, which means that, okay, yeah, you booked a flight to a place in June. The entry requirements for that destination could have changed, um, which means that depending on, you know, your travel status, you may have to postpone that trip. You may have to cancel that trip if the destination closes their borders. I always tell people travelers really don't Like, yeah, like, obviously watch the news, you know, monitor, you know, the U.S. Embassy at your destination, especially, you know, traveling internationally, monitor that. But what you really should be doing is reading the local news at that destination, because even before the embassy knows it, even before the Associated Press knows it, even before all these travel journalists know it, even before I know it, local news stations at that destination know what's going on in the ground. On the ground, they know the COVID situation there. They know the entry requirements. They know all of that. And so, a lot of travelers could save themselves a lot of hassle and headache and just, you know, anxiety around travel if they constantly monitored the situation on the ground at the country that they're going to. And I think that's something that a lot of travelers don't really consider. Like, yeah you're going to a place you know and depending on where you're going they may have a whole different you know covid situation it could be better than the us it could be worse than the us and there are implications on either side of that if it's a better situation than the us then there's a there's a chance that they don't want you there like like in a, you know there there's a there is a chance and that's something that you need to be prepared for i think you know A lot of American travelers is something I've I've noticed throughout the pandemic is like a lot of American travelers for the first time when it comes to travel, this is the first time travelers have been told no. It's the first time that like they are not the like, you know, catered to travelers that they, a a lot of American travelers. And when I say American, I'm also including myself because I'm also an American and also have a U.S. passport. But things have have changed. (laughs) Like who knows how long you know that that may be the case, but for for the time being, you know, until the situation in the U.S. is more under control, like travelers really have to take into account that like the situation can change. And again, if the situation in the country that you're going to is better than the U.S., there may be a chance that they implement some restrictions on American travelers. If the situation is worse then you have to like take into account the decision of going to a country where, you know, the COVID situation is not good. So, you know, travel is, people ask me this all the time, travel is a very personal decision, but it is, ultimately it's a decision and it's a choice.
0: Yeah. There's, it's definitely way harder than it used to be. And everybody's like, oh, I can finally use all these points. There's award space and all of these business class flights. So, I get that people are very excited about that. I was very excited about that. And then I just took my first international trip. Since the pandemic, we went to the Netherlands, got like a false positive on my COVID test. So that was almost a disaster. Yeah, yeah it there's a lot more challenges now. So it's just something to, to keep in mind. Absolutely. So, so that was amazing advice about the local news as well. And speaking of good advice, can you give a shout out to somebody else on the internet who you think people should go follow for? Awesome points and miles tips.
1: Yeah, I got definitely got a uh, shout out my guy at the Chris Flyer, my uh, colleague Chris Dong at the Points Guy. Actually, I tell people this anytime I talk about him. I didn't even meet him until like I think late last year. I like saw I saw that he was you know at like a person of color talking about points and miles. On the internet, and I was like, "Yo, like you seem cool. Like you're in New York. You should apply for a job at Points Guy." We had never met each other, (laughs) and now he's literally one of my like closest friends. But I've also learned so much about like points and miles from him. Like he's like a points and miles like whiz, like somebody who really studies award charts, availabilities. You know, really just kind of like maximizing as much travel as you can just using points and miles so he's somebody i definitely like you know want to shout out in this space somebody who's also just a really like nice person
0: i've met chris and i echo all of that he's so nice he's so knowledgeable
1: ever man like literally the just the nicest guy
0: ever that's awesome and so you can find him at Chris flyer on Instagram. And where can we find you on the internet?
1: Oh yeah. So um on the internets. I am on Instagram at Vicky, not Vicky V I K K I E not V I C K Y. Um, and I'm on Twitter at V I K K I E. And you can read my work at the point Scott.
0: Sounds good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We learned so much and, this is going to be really valuable information for anybody as we try to navigate travel in a post-pandemic world because I I know it'll be a few weeks between when we record and when this gets released and the world could be completely different. By yeah, then. You know. So <laughs> nothing in this episode is like evergreen content. Like maybe Thailand opens and then like Turks and Caicos closes. Maybe that happens then. But I think we learned some really good kind of just conceptual evergreen content about oh, wow. like keep track of what's going on in the world and be prepared to change everything at a moment's notice so thank you for all the work that you do for keeping us informed and for getting your sinuses swabbed as you look at countries, the- <laughs> oh, <yeah, yeah. laughs> so that we can get some reports about what is going on around the world so okay. thank you so much for coming on the show
1: yeah thanks for having me. really appreciate it
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly Masterclass Hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreece-travel.com slash hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. Take care, and happy travels!